ghosts and ghouls, and welcome to another episode of Danica Raven's Bite Size Horror. This week we have a new story sent in to us by goth nerd revelation's own Jared Gifford. This story is called New to the Neighbourhood. If you're sitting comfortably, we shall begin. Lawrence Griffin was a young dietary aide at a local care facility in Phoenix, Arizona. He'd been working his way through school and had this job as a way to make ends meet while he worked on his creative writing. Lawrence had always wanted to write a great international bestseller. However, this did not pay his bills, and while his mum did send him money to help with school from time to time, he had to maintain this job in order to keep himself afloat. It took him a bit, however, he was able to save up enough money to get himself a house in a nice suburban neighbourhood. Well, he could rent it at least. The owners of the house had just recently moved up north and were using this place as a way to supplement their income. At first, Lawrence didn't think he'd have enough to rent the place. However, after talking with the owner, he was able to let them rent to him. Lawrence didn't know if it was sympathy or if they just liked helping someone in a jam, but they let him rent the place for an affordable rate. Lawrence was excited. This place would provide him with the inspiration to finish the latest idea for his novel. Oh yeah, he thought to himself. This is the perfect place to act as inspiration for my latest horror novel. Lawrence wasted no time in getting the house set up. Lawrence thankfully had some friends from work and from his book group who were willing to donate him some furniture and help him spruce up the place with some paintings, bookshelves and one of them even had a twin-size bed that they were going to donate to charity. However, when they heard that Lawrence was in need of one, they immediately offered to take it to his new house. Lawrence really couldn't believe his luck. He had a great place with affordable rent, fully furnished and the neighbourhood was just like a postage stamp. Lawrence was even able to find people in his neighbourhood who invited him to their book club. Things couldn't be any more better than they were. It was almost as if things were too perfect. Lawrence didn't take much stock in people who'd tell him that if something was too good to be true, that it wasn't. He was going to enjoy every single minute of this and not worry about the what-ifs. Lawrence would go to work meet with his book club once a week to discuss the latest novels they were reading, have a great lunch with some of his new friends from the neighbourhood every Friday, and use the rest of the remaining time to keep working on his novel, which by now was going great due to the excellent setting he had. Things carried on this way for at least a few months. That was when the new neighbour moved in. Nobody really knew where he came from. He pretty much kept to himself, Many of the people in the neighbourhood figured that he must work some kind of night job, as this was the only time in which they'd see him. This man would leave his house as the sun came down and return to it right before the sun came up. No one could ever get a hold of him during the day, but most just figured it was understandable, as he would most likely be sleeping during that time. At first, Lawrence didn't pay any attention to it. He wasn't usually bothered by these kind of things. Lawrence would just keep going on about his usual routine and not even pay any mind to it. That was until some unusual things started to happen around the neighbourhood. It wasn't anything too out of the ordinary at first. Pets started to go missing from the neighbourhood. 
Most people just figured that they somehow got out of their houses and ran off somewhere. However, things that couldn't be explained started to happen. One night, Lawrence was writing in his study and he suddenly heard what he thought to be a scream coming from his new neighbour's house. Lawrence at first blew it off as his late-night imagination getting the better of him. However, all of a sudden, Mr and Mrs O'Sullivan's house became strangely inactive. Their lights would never be turned on. None of the usual sounds that accompany a living house would be there. It was almost as if the house had been abandoned. This troubled Lawrence, as Mr and Mrs O'Sullivan had been some of the most enthusiastic members of the book club, and they'd never just leave without an explanation. The people who lived in the neighbourhood loved it. This is why Lawrence started to wonder about his new neighbour. What was it about his house that made his skin crawl? And why didn't he dare look at him directly? Lawrence didn't want to jump to conclusions, but these things were starting to become much more than coincidence. At first, Lawrence figured he'd try and talk with the man. Maybe if he could find out what kind of person he was, maybe his fears would be alleviated, and the strange happenings would turn out to be mere coincidence. However, somewhere in the back of his mind, Lawrence didn't think this would be the case. The following evening, as his neighbour was about to leave his house, Lawrence presented himself at the neighbour's doorstep. Lawrence noticed that his neighbour was quite pale. His colour reminded him of albino disease, which he had studied about back in high school. He was also quite tall, towering over Lawrence, and he always seemed to be dressed for an evening out, wearing what appeared to be million-dollar suits. Good evening. My name is Lawrence Griffin. I'm your neighbour from across the street. I wanted to come over and give you a proper welcome. I'm sorry to not have come over earlier. However, you seem to be gone most of the time. Lawrence extended his hand. The man extended his hand. It was long, thin and pale. His fingers seemed to extend into almost a sort of claw. Lawrence just figured that this was maybe some sort of disfigurement. The man noticed the hesitation on Lawrence's part and smiled, before speaking in a heavy Western European accent, something Lawrence couldn't quite put his finger on. No need to worry, my friend. You see, I suffer from a rare disease which not only disfigures my poor body, but also causes me to not be able to go out in the day. So you see, this is why I haven't been able to introduce myself to my neighbours, which is of course very unfortunate, as I love to have company over. Lawrence smiled at the man. It's okay, I figured something like that. I mean, I didn't mean to stare, but I noticed your complexion. The man smiled back at Lawrence. It is perfectly okay, my friend. It happens to me all the time, I'm afraid. I will... Admit it gets tiring to have to explain to everyone I meet about my condition. However, I am afraid to say that it goes with the territory. The man shook his head and then smiled. But where are my manners? I haven't even told you my name. I am Colro. And it really is a pleasure to meet you. I hate to have to run, but you see I have 
pressing matters to attend to. However, I want you to know that my home is always open to you. And please, feel free to visit me whenever you would like. We really should have breakfast together. Lawrence smiled at Colroll before responding. That would be great. I just may take you up on the invitation. Colroll smiled at Lawrence. His smile sent a shiver up Lawrence's spine. Colroll's front teeth were sharp and jagged. Much like a rat's. Good. Then it is settled. I will see you here in the morning. I hope you like to eat hearty. My people are known for having large, abundant meals, Colroll said to Lawrence. Lawrence and Colroll both smiled at each other and then shook hands. It was a pleasure to meet you, Lawrence said. Likewise, my friend, I look forward to our next meeting, Coro said with a grin that once again sent a shiver up Lawrence's spine. Lawrence watched as Coro rounded the house. He wasn't sure, but he thought he heard the sound of bats around the corner. Lawrence also remembered that he hadn't even asked where Coro was from. For that matter, he hadn't even heard a vehicle turn on or leave. Did Coro walk to work? Lawrence let his curiosity get the better of him. He rounded the corner to see if he could get a glimpse of Colrow walking away. Colrow was nowhere to be found. Lawrence was starting to get a little freaked out. However, he once again didn't want to panic, so he justified it by thinking to himself that Colrow either must walk really fast or that he had a vehicle that didn't make much noise. Lawrence just decided to shake it off and head back to his home. Once getting back inside his house, he went straight to the study and started to write again. Lawrence was able to do this undisturbed for about 30 minutes. However, that was when he heard the screaming again. Screams so disturbing that it struck Lawrence to his very core. There was no doubt about it. The screams were coming from Colro's house. Lawrence figured that either... Coro had left his television onto some really loud and gruesome horror film. Or there was something far more disturbing going on with his new neighbour. Lawrence summoned up the courage to leave his house again. Before going out, he grabbed a flashlight and a small pistol that had been gifted to him by his father, just in case he needed it. Lawrence had seen horror films before filled with characters who never armed themselves or bothered to fight back. If something was going to happen, Lawrence wanted to make sure that he had a fighting chance. Lawrence then walked back over to Colrow's house. He first looked round the yard. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. The lawn was kept well. The outside seemed well taken care of. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. However, that is when he heard the screams again. They were coming from inside the house, and not just anywhere, deep inside the house. Lawrence could feel his heart in his throat. However, he somehow was able to get himself to keep moving towards the front door. Lawrence figured that Colro would have locked it like any sensible person. However, when Lawrence tried the door, it actually opened. Lawrence walked inside and turned on the flashlight, He didn't want to turn on any of the house lights in case the owner was watching. Lawrence wanted to be as discreet as possible. Plus, with all the blinds closed and covered with heavy drapes, 
No one would be able to see the small light coming from his flashlight. Lawrence looked around the living room. Nothing out of the ordinary. Just some chairs, a couch, a few bookshelves. Nothing that really seemed suspicious. He then moved on to the dining room. Also nothing of note here. He saw an ordinary dining room table, at least four chairs around it, several dining sets within glass cases and a few canvases of art strewn across the wall. Lawrence was now starting to wonder if maybe the noises he heard were just his vivid imagination. However, he still needed to know if what he heard was accurate. As he started to move closer to the back of the house near the bedrooms. Something did occur to Lawrence as he kept moving down the hall. It seemed to him that there was a distinct lack of mirrors in the house. Most people tend to have at least a few mirrors within their household. Maybe the owner simply didn't like to look at them, Lawrence thought to himself. The poor man was probably embarrassed with his appearance. Lawrence looked inside one of the bathrooms. At first, nothing seemed out of the ordinary. However, right before Lawrence was about to leave, he noticed some blood spots on the floor. It didn't seem to be anything too significant. However, the blood spots seemed to form a trail which led out of the bathroom. Lawrence followed the trail of blood which seemed to lead to the very back of the house. The closer he got to the back of the house, the more blood seemed to be on the floor. Lawrence stopped to take stock a moment. Is it really worth checking out? Lawrence thought to himself. He could just as easily leave now. Forget that he was ever here. He could go home and write all this blood off as maybe Colro having problems with anemia. In that case, he could offer to call a doctor for him. However, Lawrence just couldn't walk away now and not know what was going on. He gathered up his courage and walked into the right-hand room which the trail of blood led to. Lawrence wasn't quite sure what he would find there. However, nothing prepared him for what he actually did see. As Lawrence opened the door to the room, and walked inside, he witnessed a sight that would shock even the bravest of individuals. Tied to the walls of the room were several bodies, and blood was dripping from their hands, feet and necks. Lawrence could also see some bodies on the floor. These ones seemed to have been dead a lot longer than the ones on the wall. However, Lawrence was still in a shock. Two of the people tied to the walls were the O'Sullivans. This is where they'd been all along. Lawrence took a look at them and shook his head in sheer terror. Oh, Jesus Christ. What is this? Oh, my God, oh, my God. Lawrence kept repeating frantically. Just then, Lawrence felt a hand on his shoulder. He felt as if he had jumped ten feet in the air, when in fact, it was probably just a few inches. Lawrence looked and saw Mrs O'Sullivan reaching out to him. It seemed as if she was weakly trying to say something to him. Lawrence leaned in a little closer. He could then hear her whisper, 
run. Get out of here as fast as you can, for God's sake. Never look back. Lawrence was freaking out. However, he knew she was right and that he had to get out of there as fast as possible. Once he was away from this place, he'd be able to contact the police and get them to take in Colro for these horrible atrocities that he had done. Lawrence ran for the door. For some strange reason, it seemed a lot further away. This was most likely due to his panic, similar to how people seem to run slower in nightmares. The door was within his sights. He was almost there. He grabbed the handle and opened it as quick as he could. However, what greeted him at the door was not an empty hallway. Colro stood there, almost as if he'd been waiting for him. Almost as if he had planned for Lawrence to be here. Colro smiled at Lawrence, bearing those sharp, rat-like fangs at him. Why, Mr Lawrence, Colro said in his thick accent, it is a pleasure to see you again. I'm so glad you decided to stop by. I was just about to have breakfast. That was New to the Neighbourhood by Jared Gifford. To see more of Jared's work, please follow Goth Nerd Revelations on Spotify. See his social media links below. Remember to keep an eye out for those unusual neighbours. And until next time, good night and pleasant screams. Hosted by Danica Raven. Directed and edited by James Bailey. A Silver Zephyr Media production. www.silverzephyrmedia.com Facebook at Danica Raven 26 or at Silver Zephyr Media to send your own stories into the show. Video version of this story also available on the YouTube channel Danica Raven's Bite Size Horror.